Do you love the X-Men movies? What about the comics? Did you sit on the living room floor wrapped in a blanket eating cereal when the X-Men cartoons were on? Now is your chance to join my co-hosts and I as we dissect the movies chapter by chapter. We'll talk comics, cartoons, and video games. If it's even tangentially related to the X-Men, we'll be talking about it. So come join us and our outstanding guests as we traverse the many X-Men universes. Find us at xminutespodcast.com or a podcatcher of your choice by searching for X-Minutes Podcast. Excelsior! The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Hey everybody, this is Brad Mendenhall, the co-host of Flash Gordon Minute. I know everyone's very excited for the pilot episode of our little show, but before we get started, uh, this is a crazy President's Day because Flash Gordon Minute is one of four minute-by-minute podcasts that are debuting today. And we wanted to call out the other fantastic podcasts of the minute-by-minute genre that are debuting today. Call it the President's Day Minute-by-Minute Extravaganza. The Jones Boys are returning for the Indiana Jones and Last Crusade Minute. There's also Everlasting Minute. And one that I'm really excited about, Watchmen Minute. So some uh, really great shows out there. We recommend you check them all out. And thank you for listening to Flash Gordon Minute, and we hope you subscribe and rate and review us and uh, enjoy the fun. It's going to be one heck of a ride, and don't worry, Flash will save every one of us. Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. Eric, how you doing? Good, how are you, Brad? I am wildly excited. This is so much fun. I, I am so excited about doing this. This is our pilot episode of Flash Gordon Minute. And uh, Eric, thank you so much because this is really your doing. Uh, you set all of this in motion. I love this movie. I think we'd be nuts if we were doing this and I didn't love it. But literally one of my oldest memories in my entire life is seeing this movie in the movie theater. I was five years old, I went with a friend and his dad, and I literally remember sitting in the theater and seeing this movie on the screen. So I'm in my early 40s now, so this is you know more than 35 years that I've loved this movie. It's a really weird way that Brad and I came around to doing this together. We First of all, we've never met in person, we've only spoken on the phone and chatted online, so the, the magic of modern technology... Someone else was going to do Flash Gordon Minute, and they went on Facebook and said their co-host dropped out. They wanted a new co-host. I volunteered to do it. He said, okay, you're fired. I'm doing something else, though, for the next few months, so let's check back in in a few months. And when I did, he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. So I just felt, you know, I I love the minute-by-minute format, and... Um, I had really gotten psyched about doing it, and I just I wanted to move on it in case someone else was going to start doing it. And I then posted on Facebook, and I said, who wants to co-host Flash Gordon Minute with me? And Brad, fortunately, you responded. The person who brought it up to me was our friend, and who's going to be a few, fr- frequent contributor to this uh, project, uh, Jarf Harden. Um Jarf is my uh, co-founder and uh, one of the most frequent contributors to the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. 
Um, really smart guy. He loves Flash Gordon. He's not able to to do regular co-hosting because he has an insane schedule. Um, but he called out to me. It's like, hey, Brad, we, we 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 should get involved in this. And I reached out to you, and we had our we talked uh, on Skype once, and uh, you're great. You had a great conversation, and I could tell your excitement. And uh, I was like, yeah, we, we, we need to do this. It's going to be so much fun. I've done a minute by minute before. I did uh, Minute of Darkness, which was a minute by minute breakdown of Army of Darkness. It was a ton of fun and exhausting on top of doing our weekly Cosmic Geppetto podcast. And on top of the fact that I have a life outside of this with jobs <laughs> and kids. And, Don't we all. <laughs> yeah. And um, now, th- now this is this is your first minute by minute project that you're a host on. Yes, I've guessed it on a couple, but this is my first roasting, yes. It's such a fun format. It's so cool to do. And this is a – you just really picked out a great movie to do this with because this is a rich, rich movie with so many amazing layers and so such great backstories with the actors and the characters. I mean, Flash Gordon has been around since the 30s in one form or another. We've got a great hero. we got a great – villain i mean the visuals the action of course we'll be discussing the soundtrack a lot oh the 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 soundtrack by queen is stunning and i think that's what for me really got me into this movie and i I wasn't fortunate enough to and we're roughly the same age i wasn't lucky enough to see it in the theaters but uh, my parents had cable they were like an early adopter of cable tv because we lived out in the middle of nowhere so we could barely rabbit ears wasn't good enough to get a great signal so they got cable and flash gordon played all the time on cable tv when i was little and i just remember sitting there watching it and the the music that that operatic rock stuff just blaring at you was so cool and the visuals were fantastic uh and also if you're little so it could be a bit creepy oh yeah sure and uh it it, it really caught on with me and then what was funny is I came back around to the movie when I was in high school It was when the first Wayne's World movie came out. And that was a revitalization of Queen because Wayne's World had that iconic uh, uh, performance of Bohemian Rhapsody right. where they're headbanging to the song. And all of a sudden, everyone my age, our age, got into Queen again. And I remember saying, it's like, you know, Queen was did the soundtrack for flash gordon because i remember that by that point and i went and got the the soundtrack and started like playing it for all my friends who dug bohemian rhapsody it's like oh this is a whole different thing for a whole different movie and i don't know if my friends got into it like i did because this it's an amazing soundtrack but it's a soundtrack that definitely works with the movie perfect match perfect and and if you just listen to it you're missing something yeah agreed so we're doing this uh, three days a week. We're giving a, we're, we're going to give ourselves a couple days off during the week to first off stretch this out because it's going to be a lot of fun, and also so we can edit this real uh, edit it together really well. And we're Jarvis going to be putting together some great intros and outros. I, I want to stretch this out and make it last, and we're, we're going to have some fantastic guests. You have been doing a uh, and Jarvis has too, just been doing a great job of pulling in some amazing guests. From the from the world of uh, minute by minute, and also we're, I think we're gonna have some really special people outside of uh, podcasting land to, to guest with us. Yeah, we have not had a trouble um, finding people wanting to guest on this show. I mean, this is a movie uh, that a lot of people love. It's achieved cult status. Um, it you know for for 
you know, there are people that goof on the movie, but it was a success when it came out, and it was it, it didn't make the money. It wasn't at the Star Wars level or the Raiders of the Lost Ark level, but it was a successful movie. And just over the years, obviously, it has a huge cult following, so we've not had a hard time finding people lining up to guest for us. Yeah, it's a movie that's gotten its proper love the longer it's gone on, and there's been a, I think, a cultural uh, reawakening to the movie. Uh, because of two things. First off, uh, Sam Jones has been in the Ted movies, the Seth MacFarlane movies, and basically as Flash Gordon. Which I will have to admit, right off the bat, I have never seen. They, uh, the first one, the, the second one was unnecessary. Um, the first one was funny. You know, it's popcorn, silly comedy. But it had Sam Jones and basically the, the characters, uh, Donnie Wahlberg and Ted the Teddy Bear, we're big fans of Flash Gordon, like we are. And uh, partway through the movie, they are at a party, and there's Sam Jones. And he's actually wearing the Flash Gordon shirt. He has his uh, hair like cut like Flash Gordon. Uh, they played the music while he walks out of a bathroom. And it was very funny. Sam Jones had a lot of humor about himself. Uh, and good for him, because... Sure. I, I can imagine him hating this movie or hating this character because <laughs> a lot of actors, you know, it, it's not an uncommon thing in Hollywood for that to happen. Yeah, <laughs> and I like Sam Jones. I, what's funny is sort of researching for this. I forgot he was the star of a TV show, a terrible, terrible action TV show called Highwayman. Never even heard of it. Oh, it was bad. He was. <laughs> it was a weird Mad Max meets Knight Rider mashup and he, you know he, he he was wandering a post-apocalyptic or sort of post-apocalyptic desert and he had like a tricked out uh, 18-wheeler and his partner was Jetto who was an Australian former rugby player who was famous for 15 minutes for doing energizer battery ads it's insane and there was Sam Jones. It's like, oh my god, Flash Gordon! But uh, he had dark, he had dark brown hair, and it was uh, like a crew cut. Uh, he actually is not blonde haired in real life. Yeah, he, he had to dye his hair for this movie. I assume on the on this show he used his real voice as well. He wasn't dubbed over. Yeah, that is an excellent question. If he was dubbed, <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't even see that much. Like I remembered the movie, the show a little bit, uh, and. As research, I watched a trailer for it because it's hard to find a clip of that show. <laughs> YouTube doesn't even go that far, that deep. But um, yeah, and we're going to talk about lots of fun stuff like this. A lot of little trivia: what happened to, to, to these different actors? Uh, Max von Sydow, an amazing actor, great actor. Uh, Timothy um, Dalton, Timothy Dalton, who was went on to become a James Bond. Granted, not anybody's favorite James Bond, except for. My, <laughs> Except for, weirdly enough, my mom. My mom loves James, uh, Timothy Dalton, James Bond. Uh, she might be the only one. I, I think I saw his two Bond movies. I'm not a big Bond fan. I think I saw them, but I, I, I have no memory of them. Yeah, They were fine. They're very dated now, but I'll be honest. I, I think Timothy Dalton prefers Daniel Craig. And also to Paul, who was uh, an iconic actor, and, and just realizing his, this is a great thing when you watch these movies again years later. It's like, wait a minute, he did Little on the Roof? Yeah, he's he's Tevia. And, uh, of course, I, I have imagined, I imagine 
We're going to get so much love from you and I, and our guests are just all going to love Brian Blessed as Prince Voltan. Definitely in the research I've been doing, he clearly stands out as the most popular, not just character, but the most popular actor from the movie. I've watched some of his appearances as cons and at interviews over the years on YouTube, and uh, the guy is just pure energy, pure joyousness about this movie, his life, his career. Uh, the, the guy's just incredible. And yeah, as we get into the season, I've found some stuff about him. It's got nothing even to do with his acting career. It's just an incredible life. <laughs> it's funny. He's playing uh, Prince Voltan, this amazing warrior, winged guy, and uh, this large life personality. It's like, uh, you know what? I think Brian Blessed, the the person, is cooler than Voltan. <laughs> He's almost playing himself in this movie. Yeah, he might be downplaying it a little. <laughs> what, what are your hopes and plans and what you want this uh, podcast to be? Celebration of Flash Gordon. You know, I mean, I love, like many sci-fi geeks, I love talking about the sci-fi stuff I love. So this is going to be a great way to talk to people who I otherwise would never have spoken to about this movie. We all share a love of it's, it's going to be so cool. And, you know, talking to people about uh, how they came upon this movie and how their love for it grew and where they see it. I mean, it's funny. We're, we're talking about, we're recording this not too long after the release of Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. and Thor Ragnarok had so much flash Gordon. Very much. So I remember when I saw Thor Ragnarok the first time, the battle scene where they're trying to escape the, the, the war planet and they're jumping from ship to ship and ripping these ships apart and swinging around. It was like, wow, this is, and, and the music even was, you could tell was influenced. It's like, this is, this is, this is flash. Uh, Jarf described as flash Gordon with a budget. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The colors, the action, the humor. Absolutely. So uh, one thing we wanted to talk about and you know, to get everyone ready for what they're, they're, they're going to experience uh, when they subscribe to us, please subscribe to us on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your quality podcast. And rate and review us while you're at it uh, because we're really cool. And uh, when you rate and review us, it, uh, it, it helps more people find us. Um, we wanted to talk about both the, the iconic poster for Flash Gordon and the amazing trailer for Flash Gordon. Sure. That's uh, the the two, 1980, what were the two ways you learned about a movie before the internet? It was, you had to see the trailer and you saw the poster in the movie theater lobby. That was it. These were the only two ways to get the word out about this movie, about a character that at that point was uh, 45, 50 years old. Trailers were a lot different because um, as we record this, it wasn't, it was a week or two ago that they released the first trailer for Avengers Infinity War and yes you, you watched it on YouTube they showed it during the Jimmy Kimmel show or a football game or whatever but they had like a special feature on TV people have watched it millions and millions of times already back then on TV you would see a 30 second ad and it it would just barely whet your appetite the way to see trailers was to go to other movies and you know hope and people were really excited about trailers then because that was the only way to really get like a real sense of the movie. And uh, I could just imagine sitting in the theaters and seeing the Flash Gordon trailer. And uh, it, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched it to prepare for this. Obviously, I, I don't remember the trailer specifically, obviously. But um, 
I think the trailer does a very good job. It doesn't tell the entire story like many trailers these days do. Um, it just gives you bits and, and pieces. Um, I like that it's mostly the famous song with minimal dialogue, so it just keeps a high energy level throughout the trailer. I did have one bone to pick, though, in that they'd had one pretty semi-major spoiler. They'd show Flash reaching for and grabbing Baron's hand when they're fighting on the disc thing in Voltan City. And if you're paying attention, then when you're going to go see the movie, you're going to know as soon as that fight starts, oh, wait a minute, they end up being friends, because I remember from the trailer... Flash is going to grab his hand and pick him up. Yeah, it deflates all the tension from yeah. the scene. That's a good call out. The the thing uh, is funny. The, the trailer is such a wonderful example of just encapsulating the entire movie. Everything right and awesome with the movie. Everything that makes us a little uncomfortable now being in the year 2017, 2018. And seeing Mox Van Sida as Ming. It's like, wow, Ming makes me uncomfortable now. <laughs> And the, the styles, you see Dale uh, with her w- with her shoulder pads. It's funny. <laughs> Flash was the football player. Dale was the one with the shoulder pads. Uh, I don't know how that worked out. And her 80s hair. And uh, such a beautiful woman. And uh, just re-watching this, uh, realizing that, again, she looks very 80s. Uh, amazing eyes. Mm. Just uh, really beautiful eyes. It's, it's, it's tough because it, it's a... And we'll talk so much deeper about this, but <clears throat> such a tough role because uh, Princess Aura, she's the sexy one. She's the one that gets to wear all the slinky jarses and basically, you know, purr like a cat and be sultry. And poor Dale, that actress just had to be like pretty and in an unflattering uh, outfit that does hasn't aged well and but still, still pop and uh, you know, make that make for a rom- interesting romantic triangle where the people in, you know, hoping the people in the audience don't all say, it's like, no flash go, go, go with Ming's daughter. She, she's the hot one. Yeah. Dale had to be the, the nice girl next door. Nobody, nobody wants that job. Everyone wants to be the, <laughs> the, the, everyone wants to be the hot one. So uh, the one thing that really uh, struck me every time I, uh, I watched the trailer a couple times and, uh, but one thing is at the end of it, they show, Music by Queen, and it's yes. in big letters. That's the, the literally the end of the trailer. It, it, it says just a couple of things. First off, the music of Queen is so important to this movie, and I can't imagine a better marriage of movie and band because they, they just that sci-fi with epicness and just big sound. Queen can do. Uh, was able to do better than anyone else. I, I, the Rolling Stones would not have made a good Flash Gordon soundtrack. Right. I know that there were rumors that before they got Queen, someone was saying it should have been Pink Floyd. So They were talking about Pink Floyd. And, I mean, that would have been a completely different movie experience. You know, they, they just very different from Queen. And I, you wonder if they had ended up doing that. And I don't know how far down the road or how serious any talks were but if they had ended up using Pink Floyd instead of Queen how would it have changed the viewing experience of this movie? That's a great question you know a couple of things in not to disparage Pink Floyd they're an amazing band with an amazing uh, amazing career that that group had but 
Um, I can't imagine the movie being as fun because Pink Floyd, whatever you want to say about them, were never fun. Mm. It, it was really serious, beautiful, and impressive music. But Queen, they seemed to, it feels like they're a bit in on the joke and they're really leaning into the camp. Absolutely. And also, nobody has the voice of Freddie Mercury. He right. is one of the all-time great vocal performers ever. And I don't think you can say that of anybody associated with uh, Pink Floyd. Again, not to take anything away, amazing music and stuff, but it was never, Pink Floyd was never about having these powerhouse vocal performances. Right, exactly. And then also at the, at the end, they have this tagline that says, coming to the rescue. And that's not a line from the movie. It's not on the poster, which we'll get to in a second. It just suddenly says, coming to a rescue. And it doesn't give the date. You know, these days I might say, coming to the rescue, you know, Christmas 2017 or whatever. And I like that they actually punctuated. They actually had a period, coming to the rescue, and actually ended it as a complete sentence as well. That's a great call out. And I wonder, right, we're now in an era where you know they have the, lex- the next 10 Marvel movies, their release date set. Right. And they don't even have 10 movies set up. They just know that they're going to have these movies out at a certain time. And uh, what was there was a movie that just came out called All the Money in the World uh, that's going to be out in the next few weeks. And they have the release date set, and it's a pretty big movie because it's directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, there's Oscar hopefuls. And the movie featured uh, Kevin Spacey uh, in a major supporting role. And because of recent... Uh, events in Kevin Spacey's life, they removed him from the movie, but they couldn't delay the movie. They had to hit that date. So they actually, in a matter of weeks, replaced him with Christopher Plummer in the film. Right. And I would love to know with Flash Gordon, that was in an era where movies would be delayed and it wasn't a big deal or they would be pretty nebulous about when it's going to come out. I wonder it's like if they presented it like that because they weren't even sure when it was going to come out yet. That's possible. And we'll go, I'm sure we'll go over plenty of the history of sure. making the movie because it's, it's got to just be a bonkers movie to be made because it was such a crazy idea and crazy concept. And also such a weird take or, or such a different take on the character from what the original Flash Gordon character was. Right. I don't know. How, how familiar were you with that character before the movie? Uh, I mean, as a five-year-old, I didn't, I certainly didn't know the comic strip. It was not part of my local newspaper's Sunday comics, so I didn't know anything about it. Um, and even, interestingly enough, even as a huge of a fan as I've always been, it never caused me to read the comic strip. So the only information I know about the comic strip is what I've read over the last few weeks getting ready to do this podcast. Yeah, he... Um... I know. I don't know if I ever read the comic strip. There was been a couple of different Flash Gordon cat cartoons that I um, that I watched and liked. Uh, one in the late seventies, I think, it was the New Adventures of Flash Gordon, a cartoon that, in retrospect, wasn't a hundred percent all that appropriate for kids. A lot of sexy images of uh, Princess Aura, uh, sometimes in chains. It's like uh, you know what? There's probably a lot of kids my age that grew up to be into some weird stuff because of that <laughs> cartoon. The character of the Flash in this movie was very different than the pretty iterations because uh, the original concept was he was polo player or a retired polo player who was who was a, a Yale graduate. So, you know, a, a scientist athlete adventurer, which I think was pretty common 
um, with how they made their heroes in sure. those days, where it was like a, a, a man of all abilities, right? And as opposed to the Flash Gordon in this movie, where yeah, he, he sort of comes across as a likable dumb jock. Yeah, there's uh, in, in a lot of the stuff that I read interviews of the people involved in the making of the movie they would talk about the character had a certain naivete about it and just this sort of pure heroicness yeah and uh you know, it's something we're going to talk so much about and uh, i'm looking forward to this because sam jones who in a lot of ways he's barely an actor he was just like a good-looking guy who you know, looked great in the, in the t-shirt um but he did some great stuff with this uh possibly by accident I, I'm, I'm looking forward to singing his praises so uh last thing we also uh decided to talk about the there's a fantastic uh poster for this movie uh and we'll post it on our uh, on our facebook uh on our flash gordon flash gordon listeners page that jarf will be uh be sure to hit on our outro um and boy this is such a great poster yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's not too busy. You know, posters, I think this movie would be made now, this poster would be made now. You know, this poster doesn't have Aura on it. It doesn't have Clytus on it. It doesn't have Warlock and Ajax with the crazy long needle at the end on it. Uh, it doesn't have any of the really weird-looking soldiers that Ming uses. It's just you've got this giant image of Ming dominating the poster, which is appropriate. I mean, in the movie, he... he dominates the universe and then you've got dale and flash sort of lower than him and flash frankly is a pretty minor factor in this poster considering the name of the movie is flash gordon and then the only other stuff on the poster there's a few hawkmen singing around uh, flying around and there's the hawkmen city and that's it yeah it's they do a lot of a great job of uh, sort of using the blacks in, in the image to really like make Ming pop out, and then he has his ring that's shining light into the sky. It, it, it's really his poster, and flashes. He looks great. He's got the gun showing, and you know he's <laughs> holding a big sword. And but yeah, you're you're right. It's really Ming's poster, yeah. and I don't know if it's because. They felt he would, had the most eye-catching design because, you know, the great cape and, you know, with sort of the headpiece of the cape and the crazy eyebrows and the, 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 the just the loony mustache goatee thing that he has going on. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, one of Ming's catchphrases running across the top of the poster, pathetic earthlings, who can save you now? And it's interesting, the word who is underlined, and it's almost like you're asking a question at the top of the poster, who can save you now? Look at the bottom. What's in the movie? Flash Gordon. Flash is the one who can save you now. And uh, also going back to what, something we talked about during the trailer for this, in letters pretty almost as big as Flash Gordon, the title, uh, highlighted with a box around it, so you really look at it, music by Queen. Yeah. The other than the tagline and the name of the movie, it's the most prominent text. It's 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 right next to the name of the movie. I, they clearly really wanted to make that a big selling point. And, and you know, we'll have to do some more. We're going to do a lot more talk uh, during this uh, during the run of this show uh, where Queen was in its existence because Queen was one of those bands that I think had a lot of ups and downs and um, actually continued ha having surges in popularity after Freddie Mercury passed away again with the Wayne's World stuff um, and Queen still tours right I saw them this year the year that we're recording this I saw them this past summer with uh, Ad Adam Lambert Adam Lambert uh, filling in for Freddie Mercury yeah 
Good for them. Good show? Oh, I mean, I went for Brian May. I mean, you know, without Freddie Mercury, I was trying to decide, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Well, you know what? To hear Brian May play his guitar live, let me go for that. Brian May and uh, is it Roger Taylor, the drummer? They're the only two still there. The bassist retired after Freddie Mercury died. You know, I went into it saying, all right, I'll listen to Brian May. I'll listen to the drums, whatever, with Adam Lambert. But I, he won me over. He, he did a great show. He didn't try to sound like Freddie Mercury. He came out and said, I'm not Freddie Mercury. I'm not here to replace Freddie Mercury. They sounded great. Um, it was a great show. They did all the big hits. Of course, they did not do Flash. <laughs> which i spent I, I annoyed my wife i kept saying they gotta do flesh they just they, they have to do it they have to, and they they just didn't do it although for the encore brian may came out wearing uh the flesh t-shirt oh nice nice um it, it's always funny when performers or bands uh have that weird it's not really a hit song but it's a well-known song because it's for a soundtrack or for a tv show are they going to do it and i remember a few couple of years back, we went to a concert and it was Ben Folds and Guster and Bare Naked Ladies. And uh, it, what was interesting is Bare Naked Ladies, they were the, the headliners. They haven't had a hit song in a while, which is fine because you know we went to sort of see their, 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 their greatest hits. But the last hit song they had was the theme song to Big Bang Theory. <laughs> It, it never even occurred to me that was Bare Naked Ladies, but sure enough, and it makes sense afterwards. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds like them. And they actually performed the theme song to Big Bang Theory at the end of the concert. And it was a little odd. It's like, I, this isn't a song you expect to hear a ton. <laughs> it, it, it really belongs at the beginning of an, a show. And, right. you know, with again, with Queen, it, sort of the Flash Gordon song it sort of really belongs with Flash Gordon the movie. You know, but, but maybe they can make it work. They could have, like, played uh, scenes from the movie overhead while playing the song. Oh, sure. Well, uh, Eric, th- th- uh, I think this has been a fun pilot episode. We're going to put this out a little bit uh, ahead of our Minute Zero, uh, give people a chance to, 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 to hear us on uh, iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to us and uh, get ready. We're going to have uh, start recording soon. We have some amazing guests uh, picked out. Uh, of course, we will be talking with Crystal Beth because we're a minute-by-minute podcast and you are I think legally required to talk to her. Yes, it's one of the three requirements for doing a minute to minute is she must be on your show. It, it's uh, her and a lot of fantastic other guests and some interviews, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to have a great time. Eric, again, thank you so much for uh, putting all this in motion. Absolutely. I, I, this is, this is going to be a blast. All right. Well, uh, unless you got anything else, uh, shall, we, uh, shall we put this to bed? We shall. Attention listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute.